And the podcast will begin in five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, Benny. Do I say Obana or Banya? Depends on where you are. If you're in the States, it's Obana. I know, right? In the Philippines, it's Obana. It's Obana. Yeah. What do you like? What do you prefer? Uh, either or. <laughs> I don't. How have, how have you been, man? I miss you. I've been good. How have you been? I can't oh believe God. I'm sitting here with you. I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I came over to, to see you. How about this? You're supposed to be the one doing this to me. I'm the one doing this to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Off the tables turned. Oh my God. Welcome to Parker's Place. I am really honored. It's a privilege. It's Thank a you for dinner and for the ride. Did you like it? I loved it. Um, I love God. Thai food. Thai food's good. Now, what did we have, if you remember? So uh, Hainan, crispy Hainan chicken. Yes. Uh, pad Thai. I forget what kind. And then we also had some spicy chicken. I think it was, no, no, no. It wasn't chicken. It was the... Um, we had two types of chicken. That wasn't chicken. That was pork. That was, was that pork? Yes. That was like okay. garlic, garlic spare ribs. Oh, that's right. However, you know what? You're saying it's chicken. My son, Chase, actually said, Dad, can we have that... Um, Chicken. I go, you mean the fried Hainan chicken? No, the chicken with the garlic. I go, that wasn't chicken. That was pork. Oh, wow. I thought it was chicken. It's white meat. <laughs> oh, my God. So It was really good. Now, <clears throat> congratulations. Shake my hand. Thank you. And, and here's why I'm congratulating you. Um, so we had Phil Recto, um, episode 6 and episode 12. Mm-hmm. Lives in San Diego, which is about 120 miles away from here. Okay. Prior to that, we had Wolf Hemora, who lives in Orange County, right. 65 miles away from here. Uh-huh. Uh, he was beaten by Phil Recto. And then Day Rose, she's a Phil Canadian singer from Vancouver, 1,000 miles away. Okay. Farthest guest ever. Until now. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> 7,000 miles away, baby. Oh, my gosh. And it was worth it to come here. Thank you so much. Straight from the Philippines. Right. How is the music scene in the Philippines? It's not bad. It's it's actually pretty good. There are a lot of new bands that are coming out and they're gigging a lot. Um, my bands, we're gigging. We're lucky that we're still gigging a lot, even at our age. Uh, but uh, we get, uh, uh, on my radio show back in Manila, uh, we get these guests and they're all doing productions and they're some of them are doing very, very well. Now, radio, you mentioned radio show. Can, can you tell our listeners and our viewers what your show is and okay. what it's all about. Okay, so I'm part of Adults Only Radio on Jam 88.3. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. back in Manila. I'm not sure I'm the time here. And uh, that's uh, with Joey Dizon. I don't know if you remember him. I remember Joey. Yeah, so we do that. It's glam, post-glam, and alternative and everything in between. So we're doing yeah, Tito po- Rock. Like like Poison. Like yeah, God. we're doing that stuff. Okay. And that's a lot of fun. So we do that for three hours a week, and it... We get our rocks off on that show because that's the stuff that Joey and I grew, grew up with. Yeah. And we just go nuts. And it's, like I said, it's Tito Rock, but it's not the Tito Rock that's really corny, like the, uh, like the bar, uh, the beer bar type. Yes, of yes, song. yes. Oh, my Although God. Although we do throw those in there. Those jukebox kind of rock. Yeah. Na, ano may mga Tito Rock na mga jukebox? Wait, let me uh, see. I'll be there for you, Bon Jovi. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. we do Bon Jovi, but not... Uh, Some- how about so, something to believe in a poison? Yeah, we throw that in every now and then. But that's every very rose has it. That's definitely <laughs> Tito Rock. <laughs> the stuff that you hear at the, our next Peter Dancer. Oh. That sort of thing. <laughs> so when we're doing our show, we're also throwing in some of the more obscure stuff. Right. Uh, some of the because Harem Scarum was big in the Philippines. Yes. Not so much here. Yes. But we're doing so we had them in the Philippines when I attended the last Nam 
in 2018. Okay. So I was, I was here during their concert in, in Manila. In the Philippines. So did they sing that song? Was that, if you ever had something that you wanted to say. Yeah, they did do that. Stop. I remember a friend of mine, uh, Benji, shout out to Benji. Um, he goes, bro, um, my girlfriend said that uh, I should listen to Harem Scaram and um, that song, right? Yeah. And I go, why? She said that, that that's, her, that's her song for me. Can you listen to it? So I listened to it and I was I was um, laughing and then she and then he goes, "What's wrong? Is everything okay?" I go, "No, everything's not okay. She just broke up with you." <laughs> oh, dude! With the song. Oh, that sucks, right? If you ever had some something that you wanted to say, you better start talking before I go away. I wish right. I could say I'd be feeling okay, but I'd be something for another day. Uh, oh my god, that's a heartbreaker. So, um, I mentioned during the introduction, which uh, you probably did not hear now, because. Um, I kind of did a meta, meta, so that was done, post, but pre, but post. <laughs> okay. But um, they know you're a drummer, and I want you to tell them your origin story because number one, people are trying to go to the states to to break into this market. Yeah. You, on the other hand, born and raised here, or, or, or I was born and raised here, born and raised in the states, decided to go to the Philippines. I reverse migrated. And you're living the dream. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I am living the dream. But before things, before anything goes any further, I have this man to thank for most of the work that I got when I first arrived in the Philippines. Oh, my God. So, thank you. No, thank you. Um, the first gig that I got in the Philippines was with a band called Ajax. Right. They basically had a song that was, a, for that, in 95, that was basically a national anthem. Yeah. Akoi sayo, ikai Yeah. Everybody, that's a Tito Rock song. Yes, and that's it what is. You're, that's what you hear on the karaoke machines out on the street. And it's like, God, I got to hear that friggin' song again. <laughs> and I was touring with that with that band for maybe three weeks, a month before they said, Benny, you're just too goddamn loud. Get out. <laughs> they didn't say get out like that. They just said, you're, you're too loud un- unless right. you learn to turn down a bit. We can't use you. And that's when Edwin, the original drummer, yes, decided to come, come back. back. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, so I called you up and you, and you said, oh man, that sucks. But you can do better. So you recommended me to Rani Raimundo, Rani Raimundo who yes. I met previously at an IAX gig. Really? Yeah, because uh, uh, he played before. Ah, uh, IAX closed the show, but he played. He was the headline at Chatterbox. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Place. Wait, when you were playing with Rani Ray, yeah, I remember that place, Chatterbox with Kuya Opoi. Yeah, <laughs> on West Ave. So West Ave. I, I got the Rani Raimundo gig because I you told me to call yes. him. Yes, and then he said, "Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I remember you because." And so he said, come over to the house. I live in this place in Green Hill. Isn't that nice? His place, right? Yeah. He has a nice den with the drums, the percussions, and everybody yeah. just practices over there. So we were just hanging out, and he asked me how I know you. And I actually know you because of my cousin, Thea. Uh-huh. Hi, Jinky. <laughs> and Mikoy. So um, that's uh, so I was sessioning with Rani, and then that session led to Rachel Alejandro because she did a, 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 a back-to-back gig with Rani. Is a Valentine's gig, I remember, because I still have that T-shirt. And then so I ended up playing for her at Limits Disco. Oh, my God. In uh, in Ortiga Center. Yeah. When yeah. it was still across the street from Mega Mall. Yes. It's no longer no around. No longer there. And then uh, that led to other gigs, even with uh, Geneva, Geneva Cruz. Geneva Cruz. That was an amazing gig, because you were the drummer on that gig. Uh, on the, the first, no, no, no. The first time we yes. did that. Yes, yes. And we did two shows for that right after Christmas. Yes. And that was the time that I got into theater. So right before that, I was already in theater. <laughs> I was still trying to find my, my, my identity. identity. 
So we did Music Museum, two shows. I remember that. It was scheduled. First, it was initially scheduled the 23rd and 24th of December. And then we said, let's do it on the 26th yep. and 27th instead. Yes. Turned out to be a great thing because the place was packed. Right. It was packed. You couldn't fit another person in there. I, I was so shocked. Fun. You know what, 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 um, what I like about you is that, that uh, positive energy. There's that vibe. <laughs> I mean, right now, I'm pretty sure people who are, who are listening are like, hmm, let me, let me find out more <laughs> about you. Now, look, I'm going to rewind a little bit. So with Rani, you were playing not drums. I was not playing drums. I was playing percussion. Percussions. Michael Alba was playing drums. Was the drummer. How did it feel in that environment? Because Rani, he is, he's a quarterback. No, he calls the yes. show. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He is his own musical director. Yes. So how was it working with him? Okay, so working with Ronnie, I learned a lot of things. Number one, one of the things that I learned was what I actually was trying to tell me. You're too goddamn loud. Even so on I, percussions, you were loud? Even percussion. So Ronnie, one of the things that he taught me, and I thank him for this, is to be a, a musical percussionist, a musical uh, drummer. I wasn't that. You've, you've known me since I arrived. Yeah, yeah. I'm a basher through and through. Uh, yeah. I've toured with many rock acts in, in the States. And I was John Bonham, Tommy Lee uh, right. on steroids because I was just beating the shit out of drums. When I was playing with Ronnie, he said, no, 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 you can't be beating the hell out of my timbales <laughs> and smacking my, my bongos with drumsticks. Do it like this. And then we, there were times that we would sit in that den of his yes. and just do percussion stuff all day. Oh, my like God. Like six hours a day. We'd take a break just to eat, and that's it. And then he'd send me home. I'd be like, wait, you're just going to send me home? Yeah, I'm done with you for today. Go, get out of here. So I'd have to go back to Kesslan City, come back the next day. So where'd we leave off? I, and he said, no, we're not picking up where we leave off, where we left off. We're picking up a new thing. Nice. So I had to learn, my Achilles heel as a drummer are the Latin things. Right. I had to learn that from the, the clave, yeah. I, I don't know how, up to now, that's still my Achilles heel. But you put me on a percussion kit, I can yeah. probably do you're it. Good, yeah. So your drummer was Mike Alba? <laughs> yeah. How was Amazing. that? How was that? Okay, so playing with Michael Alba, I really had to assimilate the musicality of a of a drummer. Yes. So I had to follow his lead, even though we were supposed to be feeding off of each other. Okay, time out. Um, um, people who might not know this, Rani Raimundo is a singer, songwriter, and a drummer. And a guitarist. And a guitarist, and yeah. Else. But his main instrument is the drums. Right. Michael Alba, one of the best drummers in the Philippines, session drummers, whatever you want to call him. Teacher also. So you had Michael Alba and you had Rani Raimundo. And then throw it on, on top of all that, June Latonio. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. So having June Latonio as our musical, who was supposed to be the musical yes, director. Yes, I really had to step up the learning curve. Um, not just reading the notes because I, I made it through college. Uh, not reading music, yeah. Although I didn't know how, I really had to learn how to. I had to learn how to read charts on the fly. That's not easy for a guy that that, that barely knows how to read. Now, when you flew from um, the states to the Philippines, what was the goal? What was the immediate goal in your head? You want to be. You want to. You want me to be completely honest with you? Yeah. It was to get out of music. No, no, no kidding. I'm not kidding you, because my parents uh, over the years that. They got tired of me trying to make it. Right. Trying to be this rock star. I got long hair and I wear more, 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 more makeup than most women. And I, I had more jewelry and, all, and leather and all that kind of stuff. So I was actually trying to get out of music. My father just got so pissed off at me. He says, go back to the Philippines. Go do business with your cousin, Joel. Right. 
And I said, uh, I, I thought about it. Because uh, backtrack a little. I've spent every Christmas in the Philippines. I had spent every Christmas in the Philippines from 1992 all the way up to t- 2015. So before okay, wow. I moved to the Philippines, I was... There during back. the holidays now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Tatay just said, Benjo, go back to the... Go back to the Philippines. That's what they call you, Benjo. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you called me. I know. When I yeah, first... yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I went. I, I called up Joel and I said, you know, I'm thinking about going back to the Philippines. He says, well, when you come back for Christmas, let's talk about it some more. That was '94. Went went to Sinulog the following year, '95. Oh, wow. Cebu. And I, I was watching. I, we were watching the parades and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. And Joel said, so what do you think? I said, I think I better move here because I needed to get a, a fresh start. And it wasn't going to be in music. But then we started going out <laughs> to places after when I moved to the Philippines. And that was July 27th of wow, 95. 95, you remember. Huh? Yeah. So, on uh, no, it was July 17th, day after my sister's birthday. Um, so we went out, we started going out after business. And, you know, it, he was based in Cebu at the time. And he would always introduce me to as this is my cousin Ben, as a matter of fact, he's a drummer. So I played with, uh, just jammed with like uh, Alamid and uh, Madeline Reynes. Oh some, my God, in Cebu. In Cebu. Because they were in town. Yeah, 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 yeah. And ang nakakatawa rito, the more they say, oh, you're a drummer? Oh, he's a drummer. Yeah, oh, you're a drummer. Can you jam? It's yeah. always like that, That's right? always like, that's how Pinoy's are. Yeah. In the, here in the States. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you're a drummer. Big deal, right? But in the Philippines, ah, drummer ka? Taga States ka? Sige. Pag-sham ka. Those things. Paluka, paluka. And then I beat the hell out of those drums. And then at when I finally moved to the Philippines, our my cousin, one of your very close friends, basically your cousin also, yes. Jinky, she she called you up. Yep. And she basically held a gun, gun to your head. And Toby, <laughs> take care of him, huh? Take care of him. Okay, 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 okay. And you took very good care of me. You Thank got you. me in touch with um, Ajax and then eventually Rani Raimundo. Yes. So I'm you are directly responsible for how <laughs> how my career as a musician has gone, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm very and proud. it's very good. I'm, I'm, thank you so much for for saying that it's very good because I'm very very proud of you. Thank uh, you. Yun, talagang solid. And then so move forward, you settled down in the Philippines. I eventually settled down because you Philippines. were you were like binata when you you were you were single, right? No? Yeah, I was still single when I when I moved to the Philippines. So I was trying to. F- Figure out my identity. I did theater and I, I did voiceover. Can for we a long can time. we stop with the theater part first? I want to talk about that. So why why theater? Why 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 did you do it? Honestly, because I I knew there would be no competition for women. <laughs> I was one of the few straight guys in theater. Okay, and turns out that it it just it was my calling for a while. But and right. I because I even went as far as taking uh, voice lessons at UST for eighteen months. But wow. then I did. Somewhere in there, I somehow got into radio and I started working at Magic eighty nine point nine. Right, I would just show up because my best friend at the time was Cheryl Crystal, one of the on-air yeah, yeah, personal. Yeah. You you remember yes. her? So she was my best friend at the time. So I would just visit her and harass the shit out of her when she'd be on air. And then her partner at the time was Sonny B, who ended up becoming my partner. And Sonny B, he taught me a lot about radio and about music. And you know the nice part about you being there that was like. Putting you putting a fish in water. Yeah, you just you just blended in well. Eh? I I don't know how that happened. I honestly don't know because Sonny was the one that actually got me in. Sergeant Pepper, if you remember, yes. he was very he- 
Yeah, he was very hesitant about allowing me on because station a- manager. Who was station manager? Was it him or was it Joe? It, it was, was him. him. It was him at that right? time. So he was very hesitant about taking me on at Magic because I was just another Balikbayan. But oh. he saw how he saw the the energy that Sonny and I had. We used to fight like cats and dogs on air and off air. But that was part of the show, right? That's what made us what we were on air, and we became the Flush Masters. Because he made me take a two week break. He says, "Get your shit together." You're is is are you so you're with Nell right now? No, I'm not. He's at Wave eighty nine. Wave Jam, palayusayo. Wave yeah. and Jam. Same, basically the same network. Because they're on okay. the other side of the hallway as us. Oh wow! So I I haven't seen Sarge in God years, but we were in touch with each really? other. Yeah, we're in touch with each other on on Facebook and. Instagram. We we collabed on a song for uh, <coughs> this rap artist H Bomb. I remember him. Yeah, we we, we when we we did a song last year. It's called Ao, that um, Sarge created the beat, and then I created the concept lyrics because Sarge had the hook and the lyrics to the chorus, and then we just I just added some words to it. It was sang by by H Bomb. So shout out to H Bomb and shout out to Sarge for for that song. Okay, so now. Um, DJ, teatro, no gay moments. No, no, not for, not for me. <laughs> you, you were never hit on? Uh, of course I was hit on. I looked yeah. like a girl. <laughs> I had long, long hair and uh, big earrings right. at the time. I mean, so what I, kind of roles would you play? It was all support roles. It was all chorus and all that kind of stuff. So my, my question is, you were doing that for a while. What yeah. made you stop doing it? It just didn't feel right anymore. What? The chasing of women or... The, the performing like that. To playing a role that maybe I was comfortable with or not comfortable with. It just didn't feel right anymore. It's like uh, wearing a p- pair of pants for all these years and yeah. then all of a sudden, nah, I don't like those pants anymore. Is it a fraternity? It can be. How? Um, like there, there, was, uh, there are groups that would hang out with each other because they've known each other for so many years. Here I am with a new as a newbie, but you know me. I'm yeah. a social butterfly. I yes. go from one yes. one group to the next, and I try to connect them somehow. Not not actually connect them, but I try to be connected to different groups. So it can be a fraternity at times, because um, let's say certain people know each other and have mm-hmm. known each other, done many productions. That was just not, that was outcome, no? A little, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. It can it can get that way, but thank God because I'm such. Uh, uh, because I'm such a talker, I was able to squeeze myself into different right. niches and different cliques and all that kind of stuff. What can you say about Jet Pangan? Uh... He's my idol. I've had the for- I've been fortunate to perform with him as his drummer before uh, when we did the Pearl Jam tribute. Yeah. a couple of years ago. Whenever I see Jet, he is the most giving person as a performer Very. and as a person. He's one of my mentors, huh? Yeah, I am not surprised. <laughs> he he is. Uh, he is very generous with his energy on stage. Yes, to the audience and to his fellow performers. I'm not the greatest drummer in the world, but Wait. he chose me for that Pearl Jam thing. So you're talking, you're 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 talking to, um, you're you're describing Jet Pangan as a performer right now, right? Like like a lead vocalist for a band. Yeah. Theater wise, how is he? Um, from one from one person who's been do, who've done, who's done it. To be honest with you, I have never seen him in a performance. Okay. Uh, in the theater. But I have seen things. People have shown me videos right. of him in rehearsal. Man, what he does in rehearsal, and then that's only his energy in rehearsal. Translate that to the stage. 
it's got to be something phenomenal. Now, what is rehearsal like? It's a theater. Well, it's basically, uh, it, as you may or may not know, it's just running through lines and blocking. So you are sort of giving the same energy that you do to an audience. But when that audience is actually in front of you, that's when you're giving everything to the audience. Jet Bangan, as a rehearsal, in, in the rehearsal videos that Todo I saw, he gave and he gave and he gave. He would, I'm sure he would go home tired and ready to go to sleep. But when it came to the performance, good night, everybody. He leaves it all on stage. So what is the reward? Um, not, not monetary reward. No, there's no... What, what is? How, I'm, I'm curious because I've, I don't have the guts to do it. I have the utmost respect. Again, that's my, that's my out during the previous conversation. I have the utmost respect for people in theater. That's why I won't do what other people are, what other people are doing. But I'm just curious, what are you guys doing behind the scene? How, what, I mean, what is rehearsal like? Rehearsals, uh, once you get all the blocking perfected and all that kind of stuff, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to experiment with a new with new nuances that you you're not sure of if they would work on stage. But then you get to the stage, then you start throwing in nuances that you never rehearsed, but they just work. Right. That it's just incredible how they work. <coughs> when I did um, the rock opera Lapu Lapu, yeah, there was a thing. We Say it again. Well, they told us to say it lapu lapu, lapu lapu. It's the American in me. Okay. Because lapu lapu is the person, okay. not the fish. All right, all right. Anyway, lapu, lapu. so when they were telling us, when we got the, we perfected our blocking and all kinds of, there was, I remember there was a scene where I was supposed to be dying because I was one of the Spanish sailors. Uh-huh. And I was supposed to be just shivering and all that kind of stuff. I decided to exaggerate it, not in rehearsal, but on stage. Wow. And I was really shaking. Yeah. Like I had seizures. Seizure. Yeah, seizure. And then Ben Cervantes told me after the gig, after that particular performance, where did that come from, Benny? I said, I don't know. It just, the spirit Came took on, me over. Yeah. He says, that was perfect. Nice. The audience knew what was going on. And I wasn't. On stage, you really have to exaggerate because there's no camera focused right. on you, diba. Right? So yeah, if, exactly. you're, if you're in a nosebleed, you really have to. I mean, I hope the actor is doing an exaggeration so that me from the nosebleed section. That's can... exactly what it was, and that's when uh, Ben Cervantes told me that was just right on the money. And when Ben Cervantes said something to to anybody of that uh, like that, it's like wow, he really means it. See the mga theater actors na nag crossover sa film, Ronnie Lazaro, also uh, Odi Hemora, Odi Hemora, Noni Buen Camino, right? Diba? the those people. I never had any aspirations to get into uh, oh, the movies. movies nah. Okay, before we leave this topic, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in you in, in, this, <laughs> in this light. I mean, drums <laughs> But when, when would it be okay to take your clothes off on stage? Anytime. Even if it's an audience of five? Even if it's an audience of five. Why? It, if it... If that's what the role calls for, you do wow. it. Wow. So dedication talaga. Oh, yeah. I, you know, if, if I ever had to play a role where I had to take my clothes <sighs> off, I would have no problem doing that because I would do that anyway, anywhere. That's my, my rap sheet yeah, here in yeah, the States. Yes. It's all indecent exposure. It's not drunk driving. <laughs> it's not drugs. It's, not, it's all you're, indecent you're exposure. You're a flasher. I'm an, exp- uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, say yeah. that. <laughs> indecent no, 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 exposure. What's, what's, well, yeah, but what do, you, what do you call it? You're a streaker. I'm a streaker. <laughs> I won't do that. 
I won't do that now because okay. I'm a I'm a bit older, <laughs> I'm a bit fatter, and I'm a father. <laughs> right. But <coughs> streaking me. was part of your childhood. That was not not child, part of my childhood. It was part of my teenage years. Teenage years. And uh, touring with rock bands in, in here in the United States. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I'm 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 impressed. So you quit that lifestyle? Wala nang teatro. No. How did was it was it uh was it uh, a sigh of relief when you? No, honestly, it wasn't even a sigh of relief. It just happened because I was already in radio anyway, and I didn't even notice that I wasn't in radio uh, in uh, theater until the production that I did. Uh, the last production that I did was already two years gone. I was like, oh my god, I've been out of theater now for three years. So you were doing you were doing radio consistently, and then semi consistently, semi consistently, and then it became a full time thing. Tapos uh, teatro and band or hindi mo pinag sabay? Did you did you do, did you do them both uh, at the same time? I I was doing bands when I was doing uh, theater, and then I took a couple of years off because I got so busy in radio, uh-huh. and, and I made a, a good amount of money that I was able to buy a, a DW drum set. So I did that on my trip back here to the. To the states one year, bought, made that dream come true. Tell, tell, tell me how much the drum kit was. Uh, I can't tell you that. Is it for like five? Is it? The, is it the one I see in pictures? No. No, you're. you're are you talking about the clear one or the chrome? You one? have a clear one. I have a, a design Vista. series. No, no, design series acrylic. Wow. And then I also have a collector series. So I bought the collector series from my old distributor, my old dealer in Denver, Colorado. Rupp's Drums, guys, yeah. Oh my God, like what, $7,000? Uh, we won't get into the no- money. Oh, in, wow. Into the numbers, but Bob Rupp, who, is, who still owned, the, owned the, the shop at the time, says, we got to get you on D- DW Drums. And I said, okay, what's so, it going to okay. cost? So you bought the drums, and then you fell in love with playing the drums again. Yeah. And I, I think it was because it was a DW kit. Wait, you bought the drums here in the States? Yeah. And then you shipped it to the Philippines? To the Philippines. Now, how much did that cost? That cost me a pretty penny. It had, a, uh, if I remember correctly, it cost me... 10,000 pesos? 20,000 pesos? It, about that. At that time, which would have been about $300. $400, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Which was actually worth it considering how much I already paid for the kit. And I just paid for shells, for a shell kit. No hard, no hardware. I was using my old hardware oh my from my old kit. So I've acquired over the years. Um, when I finally built a relationship with DW, I started acquiring stands, palm mounts, symbol mounts, symbols, and all that kind of stuff. Do they own Gibraltar? No, 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 no. Okay, that's a different company altogether. Okay, so they make their own hardware. I was just at the DW factory yesterday, and I was in Oxnard. Yeah, in Oxnard. And I was crying most of the time I was there because I was like, oh, I met Louis Garcia, the guy. Really? Yeah, the guy that paints the custom drums. Was John Good there too? No? He wasn't there, but I did meet him at NAM uh, last week. Uh, tell me about NAM. Uh, this was my second NAM. And I've, I, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I realized NAM itself is for the schmoozing and the partying. Who flew you from the Philippines? Uh, I did. <laughs> so, Groove Gear helped me with the with, right. with part of the uh, with part of the gear uh, with part of the deal, and then because they got me in, and then Minel had had something to do with it also. To people who um who don't know what Nam is, tell them what it means to you as a musician. Okay, so Nam is the National uh, National Association of Music Merchants. What that means to me as an artist is that means that I'm able to represent these products, and these products are nice enough to to foot the bill for me at some point or at some level so that I can talk to their potential customers or their existing customers. 
the distributors themselves. Right. So the NAM itself, the convention itself in Anaheim is all the schmoozing and talking to people. And then the performances and the meetings that follow the week after yeah. is when all the work yes. happens. Yes. So that's all I've been doing since NAM for these past, what is it, five days now? Five days. I've been uh, meeting with people, touching base with them, not just schmoozing and saying, hey, what's up? This is the gear that... You're, you're trying to close the deal now. Now they're saying, well, what do you got for us? I'm like, oh, wow, what am I supposed to say? Ah. So it's, it's, a, it's both a challenge and, um, and it's not really work, if, if, uh, if there's another way to put it. It's just like, well, I got to be able to deliver because they're nice enough to right. take, give me a, a huge discount on right. gear. So I was already a DW user before I became an endorser. Oh, as an endorser, they don't give you free drums. No? Nobody gets anything for free. I mean, well, that's a lie. It depends on the tier that you're on. I'm one of the lower tiered endorsers, so I get a I get really nice product for a really nice price. Wow, like I would like to get my hands on the collectors <laughs> series. That would be nice. I do have a I do have a performance uh, series right now. The only difference between the performance series and the collector series are the lugs. No, uh, well, the lug size and also the performance series doesn't have the reinforcement ring in it. Where's the reinforcement ring inside? Inside, and then this is the HVX, I think, for the and it's all HVX for for, for performance, performance and design series. I see. And then with the collector series HVX VLT, uh, it, I'm forgetting the the cross grains and all that kind of stuff. Are you happy that um, you finally is DW your drums of choice? Yes, always has been ever since I I discovered them in about nineteen. 19- 87 when i saw tommy lee playing them wow. 1987 or 88 okay uh no it had to have been 88 and 89 because it was the dr feelgood tour uh when i first saw him and i was like those are needle drums they sound awesome when next day i went over to rupp's drums talked to bob says oh yeah dw's are great and he just happened to have a kit in there and i i heard he you got behind it i got behind it bob got behind it and it was like oh my <laughs> god that's amazing and that's when i said someday Someday. So how old were you when you uh, picked up the sticks to play the drums? Okay, so how that happened was I was about three years old. I used to beat the hell out of my mo- my nanai's Tupperware and pots and pans, and I was doing it with chopsticks. Oh, my God. And nanai would be like, Benjo, tumayimika. So you really wanted to be a drummer? No, I wanted... No? I, I was just... I've always wanted to be a performer, I guess, because I, I was already playing a little bit of guitar back then, Ah, playing, song, uh, playing along to songs by the Archies, the Osmonds, and all that kind of stuff. And practicing in front yeah, of a yeah, mirror. Yeah. So I would I was doing that. My parents were like, oh my God, what's gonna happen to our child? So why did you go the route of guitars? Why why didn't you go the route of uh, bass? Why 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 the drums? Uh for someone who wants to perform, that's a front thing. Why'd you end up being in the back? Yes. Uh it, it just seems so natural for me because I enjoyed drums. And then in about 1981, 82, I remember uh MTV was still in its infantile yeah. stages. And I saw a Motley Crue video and I went, that guy is awesome. Tommy Lee. Spinning the sticks. Yeah. And, and Because you twirl too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned. And I, and I was like, that, that is the job that I, I, I want to do in a band. Because I remember learning to twirl after watching you twirl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was like, oh, I, well, maybe I, could, I should try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so now would you say that you've you've reached it all as a drummer or not even close wow 
Not even close. Wow. I'm learning so much, even up to now. At my age, I'm beyond 40, yes. Uh, <laughs> at my age, I'm still learning a lot. And I'm learning most of what I need to learn from my band Overdrive. Yes, we do a lot of work. Yes, we play for a lot of people. But there's always something new that our band leader, Anton, is teaching me. And it's not just to play quiet. Benny, you got to do this. Try this. Like, what, what, what kind of dynamics do you have with, uh, with Overdrive? Um, it's, you know, I used to... Because uh, what's that? Tito Rock. Yeah, it's Tito, it's Tito Rock. Um, I, being the rebel that I am, I always grew up a rebel. I used to rebel against what was being told, what the norm, dictated yeah. to me. But then I started discovering some stuff. We're actually touring. We went to London one year, and I was like, and Anton was telling me, it's a different audience. You've got to be able to play such and such a certain way because they're going to expect something. Right. It's not necessarily playing it placado, but doing justice to the song. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I had to learn. Up to now, I am still learning nuances that I didn't know of songs that I was doing 16 years ago when I first started with, with this band. Oh, 16 years with Overdrive. 16 years with, going on 16 Who years with Who are the Overdrive. members now? Who are there? Luis Ramirez, okay. his wife Sheila, Iwi Laurel. Iwi. Iwi. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my, okay, keep talking, okay. Dennis Mabanta on bass. And then, wow. And then uh, Wawi Posadas on, on keyboard. Wow. Yeah. We, so, Wawi, Wawi. So playing with people like uh, Anton, Dennis, and Wawi alone. Yeah. They, their expectations are really high. And then high. you have Iwi Laurel. And then Iwi Laurel. So the expe expectations are really high. This is so weird and awkward. Like, like it's, it's so weird and awkward and funny because Iwi is the mom of Nicole. Nicole right. Who is the girlfriend of... Ira. <laughs> so our, our relationship here just... I know. Six degrees of separation. More than six <laughs> degrees of separation. So it, with those guys in the band and our engineer in the band is, is the original drummer of Overdrive, Albert. Albert Godinez. Oh my God. So I really have to watch my P's and Q's, dot my I's, cross my T's. Because hey, you're, you're playing... What was, the, what was the first single of, know, of Overdrive? Uh, miles Away. Miles Away. And, and, and that was Albert playing on... That was Albert and Dennis. So okay, <laughs> they've recorded that at Audio Captain, but um, we don't actually do that song. That uh, I haven't done that song since I've been with them. Now that I Albert was it. our engineer on Dinakwa Asapa. Ah, wow! So you really go back a long way with him. Yeah, and I was like, I was like uh, tracking the drums to 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 Albert's uh, p hit, and I was like, oh my god, that was so plado naman ito. Shout nice out guy. to Albert. Yeah, nice guy. Nice Super guy. nice guy. And he's all he always has whenever he has something to say about how a drum should sound or how a drummer should sound. I really have to listen because he really knows his shit. Did he audition you? No, because he wasn't part of the band when I when I came in. Johnny Bessa. Got, jo Johnny He got me into the band. How is Johnny? He's doing very well. Okay. He's in a band called Pig Dog with Love. Cowboy Santos, yeah, yeah. Tracy uh, Gomez, and also Miguel uh Art Artigas, Artigas and also Tirso Ripoll. Wow. What, what a, a super lineup. Band. Yeah, yeah, that's a super band. Oh my God. So Johnny got me into, into uh, Overdrive. Overdrive. 16 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And how'd that go? How did, how did that audition go? I was nervous. And then, because Jim Ison was coming back to the States at the time. So God bless Jim Ison. Yeah. Huh? God bless him. So uh, Johnny said, I got a friend that, that can probably play our songs. And I. I got in there. I was so, I was shaking like a leaf. What were you doing prior to this? Radio lang. I was just doing radio at that time. Okay. And then, uh, oh no, wait. Yeah, I was still doing radio at that time. Um, 
So that was like a year before I left radio the first time. Right. And then that departure only lasted a couple months. Then I went back to Magic. Then that lasted. Magic being Magic 89.9 to our listeners who did catch that. Right. So um, at one point, I worked at RT Mm. with my old partner from Magic, Sunny B. Wow. And that didn't last more. I, I decided that I needed to come back to the States that year um, just to visit because at that point, it had been six years since I li- uh, last visited the States. So that's 2008 when I left uh, RT. Tagal, no? Tagal. And then, uh, and then I didn't get back into radio until two and a half years ago. And now I'm at Adults Only Radio or AO Radio. <laughs> okay, so... Radio on one side, overdrive on the other side. How does radio accept the fact that you're touring out of out of the country? Well, radio, I, I'm only on once a week. Right now, so it doesn't. Uh, so Joey's like, if you need to go, go. Oh, okay. if he needs to go, go. I, we can both handle the show on our own. On your own, because okay. he went to France, so I had the show for a, for a little while. Now he's had the show for two weeks. Now. A question to say, but let's go back to overdrive. Interesado ako dyan sa kwentong yan eh. So now, you're the drummer. When did Albert Godinez, the original drummer, when did he show up? He showed up uh, 2010, right after I got married. So how many years were you in? Uh, three? I was only... 97? 97 ka ba pumasok? I, I got in in 2004. Okay, 2004. So, that was six years. Yeah. 2010 siya bumalik. Yeah. How was that? Was that awkward? Well, at first it didn't even dawn on me. This is the original drummer of Overdrive. <laughs> and then it hit me one day at rehearsal. This is the fucking new original drummer of Overdrive. <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? Why isn't he back here? Right. He did say, uh, Benny, can you get out of the... Yeah, no, because see, the thing is, he says, I don't want to play drums anymore. I just want to mix. Wow. That's what he told me. I said, well... And I, I just asked him, what am I doing wrong? He says, you really want to know? So he went through a litany of things. He I'm did? Doing. Yeah. Because I asked. And up to now, he tells me, this is what you're doing wrong. So I'm learning a lot from these so guys. So when, when he tells you what you're doing wrong, is that in terms of, that's not how I played it? Or is it in no, terms it's, of, it's not, it's not registering right on the mix? No, it's not registering right for the song. For the song, wow. It's totally. Wow. So it, in Overdrive, it's hard, uh, you know, because everybody's got something to say about the songs. And they say, don't take it personally. And you really really got to take it constructively they're just trying to improve the sound right and uh th- it took me a while to swallow that pill saying i suck but i don't suck right? right right so even up to now the songs that we've been doing for the past 16 years there are still nuances that i'm like holy crap i didn't realize i was doing it wrong now do you do you do the same thing to other members would you do that to iwi uh, no i i don't do that exactly but i what i do is when i hear something that i like i let them know Okay. Whether it's Anton, Louis, Evie, or whatever. And the one that I really enjoy watching, even though I'm behind her, Evie. I know, performer. What a performer. Right? What a performer. Even though she's been doing these same yes, songs yes. for all these years, nobody can do it better. Even the original artists can't do these songs better. Galing talaga. I love that woman. You think you're going to stay there until the band uh, disintegrates or whatever? Oh, uh, We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. Another another facet of yours that our listeners and viewers don't know, you're also part of Tempestuous Jones. Right. And uh, that's that's night and day compared to Overdrive. Yeah, it is. Uh, Tempestuous Jones is this hard rock kind of uh, like balls to the walls. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, uh, our singer, Tevis Gomez. She's the sister of Trissy Gomez, the original singer of the Blue Rats, right? Oh, yeah. Blue Rats. Oh, oh wow. Uh, Jonathan Manuel, did you ever... I never got to jam with him. Okay. But the Blue Rats, they're the oldest. Uh, they've been, they're the longest running blues band in the Philippines yes. right now. So anybody who's anybody has passed through that band. Ira, right. uh, yes. Wendell, oh my uh, God. Perf was in that band uh-huh. for a while. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't play with them, but... I, I'm not a blues guy. But uh, so I, that's actually how I met Johnny because I used to go watch the Blue Rats at, Johnny Beza. at, the, at the original Hobbit house on, on yes, Bermad, yes. Bermadio Circle. Yeah. So uh, it's just Tempestuous Jones. When I finally met uh, Tebs in about 2003, I knew that she was sing, a singer because she used to jam with them. But when Cowboy Santos... Chapagita's son. Right. Uh-huh. Tebs, Chad, and... Uh, Tebs, Chad, and Cowboy, they got together, asked Mike Chan to play keyboards. They And uh, Cowboy gave me a, a call after their third gig, says, we need a drummer. I said, sure, I'll play. Because playing with Cowboy is like, wow. Yeah. Now, <coughs> when, when he said, we need a drummer, did, were you under the, the impression that he was asking you to play the drums or he was asking you to look for a drummer? He was. I was under the impression that he just needed a drummer for oh, one, yeah. one or two gigs. But, oh, Wow. Uh, yeah, so I showed up for the first gig. I didn't even bring my own drum set. I just brought a couple of cymbals, my pedals, and some sticks. Did the first rehearsal, and Tebs and Chad were like, hey, it's pretty good. And I said, like, okay, so when's the gig? So we did the gig, and uh, Cowboy said to me, so do you want to make this more permanent? And and Tebs was like, oh, no. You want to make this more permanent? I was like, uh, and you had overdrive, huh? I already had overdrive. So what was going through your head? I was like, oh god, this is at that time. I, I also had a band called Barfly, a punk band. Wow, and you had a radio program. I didn't. I wasn't Not, in radio. Okay. okay, I was already out of radio right. completely by then. So when Tebs and and Chad said, yeah, why don't you join? I said, okay. And we started doing more gigs. And there was a time that we were gigging every two weeks. There was a time that Cowboy and I would have to sleep at Handlebar because we did so many gigs at Handlebar in a week. Wow. Yeah, well, not literally, but figuratively because there were times that he would do three shows and I'd do two, and I'd just leave my gear at, at, the, at the venue. How is the, how, how is the pay now, some of the, some of the bars? Uh, depends on where you're playing. So I'm with Tempestuous Jones and Overdrive. I'm fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be in bands that are well-established. Right. Uh, bands that uh, have a following already. Like... Nung time na umalis ako sa band scene, sa bar scene, oh my God, I was in this show band called Skin. This was, I remember that. This was after Intro Voice. This was with Norby, Dabi, the, Nor- Norby David, right. Henry Abisamis, Jonathan Manuel. And ang, ang naaalala kong kinikita namin doon was, I think, 2,000 pesos a night. <laughs> that, that's actually not bad. Up that's to now, for, for some bands, that's actually not bad at all. Up to now. Wow. <laughs> Some bands can make a living off that. There are bands out there that are making 500 pesos a night per person. 500? And they're still playing a lot. Like how many sets yun? Two sets, three sets, I think. Ooh. That hurts, but you know what's making them money? What what that does for them is that's actually proving their worth. That's so when they, get, when they get chosen for one of these uh, cruises or hotels out of the Philippines, they've got salt on they got salt in their wounds and you know yeah. that you're getting what you're paid for yeah now tips what do you mean tips you want tip yeah, tips uh we're talking about income tips ng mga audience do you guys get that are you one of those bands that actually take tips we don't actually 
you're like, hey, you're going to tip us people. We'll throw a thousand pesos yeah. or whatever it is and say, play this song. And if we don't play it, yeah, we'll try to get to it later. Uh, right, right, right. None yeah, of those. None of those. Uh, we don't get too many people that are giving, are giving us tips, but they do come every now and then, especially when we hit the road, like when we do the out-of-town so- out shows. Dang. So how's the band scene? I mean, is it getting better or worse? Um, it's. I wouldn't say it's getting worse. It's becoming different because the band scene is so much. You know what bothers me most, um, if I may be flat out honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that's why we need. Um, what bothers me most is the rock stars are no longer coming out. The rock stars are the guys that you and I grew up listening to that are co- becoming more inv- more advanced in their age. Right. There are no musicians that are coming out that are just making all kinds of waves in the industry. For How me. about Four of Space in a unique uh, Salonga? What do you think of them? Um, they're good, uh, but there's nobody out there that just grabs you by the balls. And like says, none of the Bamboos, the Eli Buendia, yeah. the Jonathan Buencaminos, the Rico Blancos, none of those. Nobody's really come out and grabbed me by the nose hairs and said, here, listen to me, and, right. and pounding it down my throat. These other, the newer bands that are coming out, yeah, they're getting a lot of airplay, but I can go see them, and I, I'm, I'm just going to sit there and watch. Yeah, I like Ben and Ben. ben, and ben. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love Ben and Ben, especially the drummer. Uh, she's an amazing drummer. But there aren't any bands that I that you can put into Mall of, Mall of uh, Asia Arena right. and say they're going to sell it out. That's got to be a foreigner that goes in there. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it may be the technology because everybody's a weekend warrior or a bedroom warrior now. Mm. I honestly think that has a lot to do with it. Um, there are bands, there are artists that are getting signed to distribution deals, which are, they're very worthy of it, but, um, nobody, there's really no band out there that will make me go to a, a, a concert. Watch their, watch their concert and all that stuff. Yeah. Now, now that's that, my now theory. That, but, and, and, but now that you're telling me, I'm trying to rewind because even if I'm not in the Philippines, I, I, I'd like to believe that. I'm kind of connected because I couldn't say December Avenue is one. They're definitely not. Because what is pop she. Yeah. Um, not December Avenue and other bands. Right. And, but then there, there's Ben and Ben, the major hipster na hindi natin magaling din yung guitarista ng, Yeah, they're very good. Very good. Ben that and, entire band. Yes. Is, they're very accomplished. Yes. I, I have nothing bad to say about any of the artists that are coming out. I'm just saying that there are no major artists. Nobody's strangling me saying, we for, are fucking good. For a time, I thought Four of Spades would be that until they imploded. Yeah, that's what I was thinking the same thing. Uh, now there are only three of them, right? Right. I honestly thought the same thing. I thought, you know, I, I appreciate their music. I, and I do have uh, some of their songs on my Spotify. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to lie to anybody and say, well... Let's go see them at uh, some big venue. Yeah. So the artists that I go to see are guys that have been around a while. And I'm actually friends with. So when I arrived in the Philippines, I didn't know who Eli Buendia was. But right. now I, I see him at, at, let's say, Filling Station on P. Burgos. I can walk up to him and say hi, and he'll say hi back. How about, uh, Eli's a nice guy, no? How about, how about Raymond Marasigan and Sandwich? What do you think of that? I love that band. As a band and as musicians, but Those, they're not—they're not the, you know, you know what I mean. They're not the the band. I don't know if I can say that because I don't. 
I don't look no longer look at them as a band. I look at them as friends and family. Could it be that that's the reason why you're kind of desensitized to who the new rock stars that are? That could be it. I never even thought of it that uh, in uh in that in those terms. Right? Because we got we we I guess we have to wear the the fan hat in order to see that in that regard. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. At the same time, I'm weird because even if I know all these uh, cats before me, when I see them, I'm still a fan. Yeah. Like, the boy pa si Pepe Smith, Pepe Smith, si Jet Pangan, as much as I consider him a, my brother, when I see him, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Diba? But you're right. Because si mga baguettes, parang hindi, no? Yeah. That could be my age talking. I don't know. Could be. Um, it could be. A, a, there, there are many factors. Um, but even on the international circuit, the guys that I was impressed with at this last time were the guys that made that that. Then I guess ganon yah siguro lang talaga. Like you know, we 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 look up, not look at what who's behind us. Yeah. Because oh yeah. my god, this is sad, no? Because this is the era. In other words, we're stuck in our own era. Maybe. And we can't see past our era. So I'd like to think that I'm not. I'm not walking around with blinders, but maybe I am. That's one of the things yeah. that I that I discovered at this year's NAM is because maybe I, I maybe I have blinders on and I'm not noticing as much as I should. Right. Because the, the only reason why, in fairness to you, the only reason why I know all these bands is because I'm hanging out with Robin Yvera, who yeah. is like more than 10 years younger than me. Right. And these are the bands he listens to. And then my son, Heaven, is like 25 years younger than me. Uh-huh. So there are artists that he listens to that I tend to listen to as well. And in the Isip go, without them, I'd probably be blind. However, the irony of that is I learned the Four of Spades from Jonathan Buencamino, ah. singer ng intro voice, who is three years older than, than us, JJ. Yeah, no? Three years older than us. But he was a fan of Four of Spades. And he comes to me and says, Let's cover Four of Spades. Four of who? <laughs> and he wanted to cover Mundo by Four of Spades. Oh my. And then I listened to them and I was like, wow. Only to find out that Zildjian is the son of a good friend of ours. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin Benitez, di ba? Sabi ko, what a world. And I was ready to watch them and then I found out that they broke up. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile Four of Spades with three people. So yeah, that, that yeah that there's a lot that that goes with that. So when I listen to the newer bands now, it's I do appreciate the music. I especially Ben and Ben when I ben watch them, no. they're very good. Um, but then I I think about my about where I am as a musician. Um, what am I doing different? What are they doing different? Uh, even the audience themselves have have changed because everybody wants instant gratification. There was a wow. time. When we were when we were in the scene, people would actually wait for people. Uh, people would wait for you yeah. to come out of a venue. Yeah. Now they can just watch watch these guys and be there in the moment with the musicians. And that's it. Yeah. So that that immediate gratification um, certainly has something to do with uh, what's going on in the music industry as a whole, not just in the Philippines, not just in, in the states or Europe or whatever. Oh, how about this, uh, streaming? Is that big in the Philippines now? Um, or is it still terrestrial radio? Uh, that's hard to say because I, um, 
You, what do you listen to? Terrestrial or do you listen to Australia? both? I listen to if I after a gig, um, I will listen to white noise at three okay. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But if I'm driving my kid to school, you know, regular yeah. radio. Yes. If I'm just by myself on my way to the gig or rehearsal, I'll listen to my Spotify or my iTunes, whatever I have mm. available. Um, so it's a mix for me. Um, for a lot of people, uh, radio isn't as significant there as it is here in the states because people still rely on radio here yes even though there's you a can ton niche, of streaming and all that stuff yeah the, you can niche market here in the states because there's right the people are like that but in the philippines that's not so easy so it's either you got them or you don't i see that's my my view so that's why the programming of the masa stations is still the way it is it's working they're not going to change a fucking thing because they're still getting they're still able the to revenue pay. the audience Everybody yeah. else is still there. Same format. Same formats. Uh, some on some days it's the same song over and over again. Right. If it works for them, great. Um, the beauty of adults only radio is we give them a break from all that that crap and uh, what well, if you can call it that, and we give them a different dose of something else. So Joey and I, even though in you know you can sometimes predict predict our show, we'll play the Tito Rock in the first hour, in the second hour more. Uh, Still commercial, but obscure stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People going, oh, wow, I haven't heard that song in such a long time. We'll play something, let's say, uh, from Native Tongue. Uh, right. Uh, um, Fire and Ice. You know, that didn't really make a lot of waves in the Philippines, but people are like, I remember that song. Come on. And now you're doing it. So who's then, doing the programming? Us. So uh, Eric Perpetua, uh, the station manager over at Jam. Hi, Eric. Shout um, out, Eric. Uh, he he gives us free reign. Wow. Where do you get the songs online? We get it, we actually buy them. See, that's one of the other things that, nice. that Joey and I do. We don't download songs. It's really hard to download songs yeah. in the yeah. last two years. So we Joey and I actually spend money out of our pocket to to buy these songs on, on iTunes. 99 cents, 129, no $1.29. Sometimes you can get that many, 11 songs for that much. It depends on what. Wow. What's, well, I've seen it, uh, okay. but they're not songs that I really like. And then. We get it, I swear, Joey and I must, between the two of us, we get 150 email with nothing but demos of people. Hey, can you give us some I was going to ask that. So you guys accept? Um, we do accept demos, but they have, if in order to get airplay, you got to remember, the songs that we're playing um, are Poison, Motley Crue, uh, Mr. Big. Van Halen. The, Van Halen, the sound quality of those songs. Yes. And you're hand, handing us uh, a song that's on, uh, that you recorded with, your iPhone or whatever, that's not going to stand up to those but other isn't things. that so weird? Because with the gear and technology that we all have, especially in the Philippines, you'd assume na maganda na ang quality ng mixing and all that stuff, right? But some of the, the, some of the kids that are sending in their stuff, they don't take the time to mix it down. They just, uh, they will just record it and say, oi, ganda yan. But it's not. Oh. Tunog lata yung drums or tunog ano. Uh, Who auditions this, you guys? Joey and I, but Joey has the final say. Okay. I, I, I let him, he says, if he says something doesn't sound good, he really means it. Right. And he, he, there more often than not, he'll say, that's a nice song. How come it sounds like shit? Because it's got a nice hook on it. Because he, the guy recorded it at a gig uh, using uh, uh, one of those video cameras and just transferred the, the audio to QuickTime or something like that. Wow. So uh, we get all these recordings every week and we listen to, we don't just listen to a couple seconds. We actually listen to the songs. Talaga, you sit down, 
not with each other. Of but, course, yeah, yeah. But assess and see how it moves you, diba? Yeah. So I'll listen to a song and I'll I'll say and I'll forward it to Joey. I listen to it. You tell me what you think. And uh, then he'll usually he'll throw the question back at me. He's very good at that. What do you think? And I'll say, well, if I if he'll call me up. So not really. If I say, well, he'll go. See, that's what I thought. He yeah. won't even. He won't even get me. Let gut, me get past that. Gut feel you, Yeah. So you know, there's a, there's a great hook on the song, but it sounds like crap. Why would I play that next to a Mr. Big song, right? Or or a Skid Row song? Have you have you thought about putting your song on your radio program? I do. Joey and I go. both do. There you go. And that's because we have good. Where Tempestuous Jones records, uh, Tower of, we recorded our current two singles at Tower of Doom. Is that available streaming on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. yeah there you. Yeah, we'll put the link in the description, but at least people can listen to it. Yeah, so we actually play our song, our own songs on our own show. I mean, we're there. Yeah, we're why in, wouldn't you? We're we're in charge of the programming. Yes. Now, if I was still at Magic and I attempted something like that, I'd be fired in a heartbeat. But Tempestuous Jones is right in the vein of adults only radio. Right. Not necessarily Tito Rock, but it rocks enough that it could be Tito Rock. Yes. Now, regardless. You mentioned uh, when you were back at TM, you could that could happen. You could get fired by putting a song that you wrote. Why? Because it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't fit, the, fit format. the format. Okay, not because Bernie or Nell will say, "Can't do that." Yeah, they would. If I even attempted to put any of the songs that I wrote, or any of the rock songs that I wrote, on just sneak it in, uh, chances are I'd either get written up or got get fired. But with Bernie, uh, with Koyang and yeah. and Nell. Rarely would rebel against them because they know pop radio. I don't. Right, 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 right. So I couldn't. I d- couldn't afford to put my ass on the line like that. Now with this program, I can put my ass on the line because I know it's going to fit. <laughs> and station management, uh, they're, they're giving you free range. They to do basically this. give us free reign. They they tell us what we can't play. You're like a kid in the candy store. Yeah, we are. So when I called Joey a couple of days ago, he just said, "No, let we got to get a, a bunch of new songs." I I downloaded a bunch of stuff. I said, "Hey, so did I." <laughs> So so we bought all these songs and now uh, so he added a bunch into into the p- playlist and I'm gonna see if I'll be allowed to uh, add the ones that I like into the playlist. Now online, the, is is the program available online? Yes, uh, whenever we're broadcasting, sometimes we broadcast on Facebook Live, but the problem with that is Facebook Live shoots it down. They shoot it down, but we do have a streaming. We do have streaming on Jam eight eight three dot FM. That's nice. So we're able to, or through the Switch app. Oh, yeah, 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 Switch. Yeah, so we can do it there. Switch, yeah. And people, uh, we get a lot of uh, um, recordings from people in the Middle East, Qatar, uh, Saudi, or Qatar, uh, well, basta the UAE. So I can listen to this here in the States <laughs> when yeah. you guys are on the program. Yeah. So, and I can send a message, but shout out to my... Yeah, if send a message on Facebook because... Right. I, I'm in charge of the Facebook as long okay. as when Joey's in the in the driver's seat. But if I'm in the driver's seat, I got to take care of everything on my own. Oh my god, that's hard. Oh. It's not hard. I've learned to multitask. If there's anything that I learned from uh, working with Sonny B and Big Daddy Jake, is to how to multitask, to talk and to program songs. Speaking of multitasking, how do you do the band, the radio, and the family? How do you bring them all together? And now you're here in the states. How does that work? I I guess God is just smiling down on me, going, "Take care of what you got to take care of." Do which what you is need to do. like 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 your wife is understanding. She's very understanding. 
she married me because I can cook, not because of my good looks and personality. Aside from your good looks and personality. <laughs> no, that had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> I can cook and she'll never starve. Wow. <laughs> that was the reason why? Uh, well, that's what I tell everybody, oh. but we have a great relationship. Uh, now, how do you do it? Like, um, so she met you as a musician, yeah, right? And she's okay with what you do. You're yeah. here in the States. Is she with you is, or is your family with you? No, no, no. They're back in, in the Philippines. So How'd you say goodbye? You say, I'm, I'm going to the States. Bye. I, no, I said, I need a ride to the airport. <laughs> that was, so, you so, the man. <laughs> no, see, my, my wife and my son, they're very, very supportive of what I do. They know that this is what I do for a living. Right. And they know that in order for me to stay sane, I got to be super busy. Have they been here, by the way? Not to California. Okay, Denver. Uh, they've been to Denver. Eli's been to Denver twice. Annette's only. I uh, know Annette's been there twice also. She she uh, met me in Denver in 2008, uh, a, a little bit before we celebrated our first. So Eli's a U.S. citizen. He's dual like me. Oh, so speaking of that, I, 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 is it true the rumors that? They're revoking. Uh, I don't know. Oh my god! I, I hope they don't. I, I gotta go do well in that case. I might not be able to go back. Well, that, without stepping on too many toes, you know, I think he's a knee-jerk reaction to okay. what's going on. But I hope it's not true. I know. Me but too. people are saying you better get your shit together, which yeah. I got my shit together. So how'd you I, get the dual citizenship, though? Okay, so when my parents, uh, this is why I came back to the states in September. My parents never reported my birth to the Philippine consulate. Ah. So I had, to, when I went to apply for a Philippine passport last, uh, two years ago, three years ago or something like that, they said you need to report your birth, your birth to the closest uh, consulate to where you were born. And they asked where I was born. And I, I said Chicago. And they said, well, that's where you go report. What? So I had to make a, a personal appearance, fill out all the paperwork. get In all Chicago? Kinds of, in Chicago. Wow. So that's what I did last September. Now I got a Philippine passport because I need all that for bank loans. And, and I mean, I've always... I need to do that because, yeah. you know, I told you I, I well, we got a condo in, in the Philippines. Yeah, so you need to do that as a property owner now. Yeah. So the, In my case, if I have a Philippine birth certificate, what do I do? I just show my Philippine birth certificate. To yeah. get a, so it's easier for me. It's easier for you because you already have a Philippine birth certificate. Janelle, on the other hand, was born here. In Los Angeles, now she has to go to what? The Philippine consulate in San Francisco. Or is it? Yeah, San Francisco, I think. Or is there a consulate here? Yeah, there's a consulate here in Los Angeles. <laughs> Where was she born? Here in Los Angeles? In then Los Angeles. go there. And then just report her birth, and that's it. If her parents didn't report her birth. I, I guess they didn't. They, they actually ignored her. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no so that, that's what I did last September. Okay. I had to pr process all that. So now I'm, I'm a legitimate business owner in, in the Philippines. Well, what's, what's, what's your business? Uh, monkey? No, uh, ser seriously. My uh, wife and I, we have this thing called the Palette. It's a food park. And I own the, the bar called Inum and the dessert, dessert bar called Dunao. Plug it away. Dunao and what did I say? Uh, Inum, Inum at the Palette. The Palette is, is a food park. Food park where? It's at the corner of Doña Carmen and Jacobo in Poblacion. There really? are, yeah. So it's right in the middle of Hipster Central, right? Oh my God. Not only that, Gen X, Millennials, yes. and Zennials can hang out as one at Inum because you just let your hair down. It's that chill. People will just talk to each other, even if they don't know each other. Are you always there? I'm there when I don't have a rehearsal or a gig. So I'm there. Who's the chef? Who cooks? Me. No way, when you're not there, so you know. Ah, no, I cook at home. And I used ah. to have this thing called the Rockin' Chef. But so we have 
we have a bunch of food vendors that sell yeah. like um, wings, kansi, uh, two oh barbecue, <laughs> anyhow, uh, Filipino food, uh, street tacos, and shawarma and all that kind of stuff. You really are assimilated, na talaga. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So w- w- remember what I told you at the top of the broadcast. Yeah. I was actually trying to get out of the the business. I'm neck. I'm up to here in the music business, and then I got all kinds of shit that I'm doing to keep me out of jail, right? Yeah. So my wife and I, we have this great relationship. Uh, I'm not going to say that we don't fight, but when right. we do fight, it's a very civil fight, and it and it's no per- shouting. We don't because I don't allow shouting in the right, house, right? And if I'm get really upset, leave me alone, and she does. But we have such a great relationship that when we do fight, you can't tell that we're fighting because it's like negotiating a, a business negotiation. Well, can I have this? Can I have that? And it's really cool. After I get done with fighting with my wife, it's like, wow, no wonder I fell in love with this woman. It's amazing. Annette is an amazing woman. Hi, Annette. If you're watching. She, she's an amazing woman. She, it's not that she lets me do whatever the hell I want. Right. She, she's not stupid, and I'm not stupid. She just says, well, he's going to screw up. Let him screw up. So give and take in the Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, I, I married late in life, and I'm glad I waited this long. Because uh, if I'd gotten married any earlier, well, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure that I would be kicking myself in the ass right now. I, you know, I could say the same thing. Like I've had two failed marriages. And um, thank God that I'm okay with Geneva and with Tiny, my ex-wives. And um, I'm happily married to Janelle, seven years now. Nice. I know. So parang, parang I'm, I'm done. Like my, my, my boss wants to go home to the Philippines to, to party. And I'm like, count me out. He's like, Papa, you can't bring the sand to the beach. I go, then I ain't going to the beach, baby. <laughs> I got my sand where I want it. You know, I don't need the beach. So. Yeah, my beach is right here. Yep. So when I go out on, out on tour or when I do these conferences and all that kind of stuff, all, all I do is I let Annette know ahead of time and make sure that, and she actually makes sure that I have uh, uh, money in my pocket. And if I don't, she kicks me in the head, says, get some money, start working some more. Really? Yeah. So what does Annette do aside from uh, does she does she manage the business or is she, she manages, a housewife? She's not a housewife. She manages the business, and uh, she helps. Of course, she helps yeah. Eli with the homework and all that kind of stuff. She is an amazing woman, superwoman. She's been through a lot of shit. Is Eli uh, a Latino? No, no, he's uh, a savior. But oh, how weird! <laughs> he speaks better Chinese than he does Tagalog. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Because uh, one of our one of our things that we do at home, uh, we we have boarders that come in and out. Chinese? Sometimes they're Chinese. Uh-huh. Guess who our GRO is? It's Eli. Really? He'll walk in and welcome them and take them upstairs or take them to the whatever room they're renting from us. So how old is Eli? Eli is now eight. He's about to turn nine. Eight and he, wow. His, his Chinese is very good. He's. I got to tell this story. He's. He's funny because um, I was leaving one time. I said, "Eli, go tell your ates, our 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 house technicians, yeah. to open the gate." So he goes over there, knocks on the door. Ate, open the gate, please. I said, "Hui, tagalugin mo yun." So he goes, "Ate, open the gate, please." Accent lang Accent lang. So the next day, I had I I had to teach him. No, it's. This is how you say it, and then he. Wow, really, Gal? It was. It, How's your Tagalog? It sucks. Oh my god, it sucks. I've been there more than twenty years, and I still suck at Tagalog. Because yeah. everybody, when they say, "Oh yeah, he's trying to speak Tagalog," mag English ka na lang. 
my then, god. When I was when I called my cousin, when yeah, you yeah, called yeah. my cousin Kanina, she goes, "Oh, your Tagalog is so good." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> You've just been here too long." Yeah. But she has an accent now. Huh? Yeah, she, she has an accent. She Jakey, just, yeah. She assimilated the accent and so did Mikoy. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I tried. I sounded trying hard. So TH na TH kaya sabi ko, I'll just keep my accent. Yeah. Okay naman yung pag-i-English ko kahit may Tagalog accent. Yeah. So I just kept it and people are like, what accent is that? I go, I'm <laughs> Filipino. What's Filipino? <laughs> That's what I used to get. Although... Weird story, funny story. Well, I think it is um, 2001. I was trying to get, um, I was calling a, what was that? 411, right? 411. Yeah. Wala Google nun, uh, ano eh. So, 411. Biglang. Uh, city and state, please. <laughs> Sabi ko, yeah, uh, Tucson, Tucson, Arizona. Is what I said. Tucson. Oh my God. I said, Tucson, Arizona. And, and Sabi, Sabi no operator. Um, can you repeat that? So I go, yeah, uh, Tucson, Arizona. She had to think about it. Uh, say it one more time, please. So, pumasok sa isip ko, I said, maybe I should put the accent, right? Um, it's Tucson. Tucson, Arizona. Can you spell that for me? D U C S O N. Oh, Tucson. So, you finally got the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boy. But but you know that was so humiliating because I was at work and my coworkers could hear what was going on and no one was saying anything. <laughs> yes, yes. And I would say Southern California. <laughs> Southern. Right? Southern. Where where are you from? Oh, yeah, I'm from Southern California. Oh, what? <laughs> you know, um, thick thick accent, baby. Yeah. Well, like I said, my Tagalog it has improved since I've arrived in, since I arrived in the Philippines. But it's still very American. <laughs> Are you coming back to the States? I don't know. It, it's, it's been on the table a couple of times. When? Every uh, time you feel that you think about putting the, the break, break glass in case off. Uh, no, I've never, I haven't felt like that. Ah. There was my, 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 the day that I left the Philippines, my father said, you're more than welcome to come back. Ooh, open invitation. Yeah. And Are you the only child? No, I have a, a sister. She's younger than me. Okay. But she's the big sister because she's taller than wow. me. Wow. She's a lot taller than me. Anyway, so my father said, if you don't feel like it's going to happen, don't force it. And so it's not like I was getting kicked out of the house right. anyway. He was just tired of me trying to be a rock star. <laughs> right? So he said, if, it, if it's not going to happen in the Philippines, just come back. You always have a place, uh, uh, food on your plate here and a place yeah. to lay your head. And that made me cry as I was taken off. Oh, so uh, I I have never had that moment where it's break glass in, in case, case of emergency yeah. because I've always had something to fall back on. That's and I credit being my my ADHD for that because I'm always busy doing something. If a band thing didn't work out, there was always something to fall back on. When Barfly wasn't working out for me anymore, I still had Tempestuous Jones and yes. Overdrive. Yes, um, there was a time that. Overdrive took a long time off, but I never felt like that's the end of it. When they when they when they take a long time off, do they tell everybody we're taking a long hiatus? No, they it just happens because right. uh, people get busy. There's no question about it. But now we're actively trying to stay busy because things are so happening so well for Overdrive. Uh-huh. Anton's like, well, we got to get out and play again because we did a couple of gigs before Christmas and. 
two very good audiences. So it was like, well, let's get our shit together. And then uh, the day after Christmas, uh, we did that. It was a uh, three tribute bands. Uh, um, the Eggmen, they did the Beatles. Black Cows, they did uh, Steely Dan. And then Overdrive, we did U2. And reception from all three audiences for us was amazing. So Anton says, we got to ride that wave and ride it hard. And that's what you guys did. Yeah, so we're going, when we get back, when I get back to the Philippines, I guess, excuse me, going to start uh, rehearsing for the over uh, for the U2 tribute again. But this time it's two sets of U2 songs. And that's happening on February 22nd at 19 East. So when will you, when will you know if it's over? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because it's never felt like it's over. You know, wow. you fight with band members or you see things happening in, in, in certain situations and it just never felt like it was over. The fight, you know, some of the fights that uh, people have with their spouses or yeah. their significant others, they say it's over. With Annette, like I said, we have such productive fights that it, it can never be over. It, the, if ever these fights that we have keeps us together because it keeps we keep each other in check. That's the same thing with my bands. We may have these disagreements, but there's a reason for this, the disagreement. So it's never felt like it's over. Galeng. You know what I'm watching? I'm watching you speak right now. I'm just so proud of you. Talagang, <laughs> talagang, talagang, you know, I mean, it's like you were here, yet you found life over there. Yeah, unintentionally. Because like uh, I said, right, I was trying to get right, out of the right, business. Right. I got tired. Admittedly, I got tired of trying to be a rock star if you stayed would you would you have been as successful as you are no i know that now looking back on what's happened in in my career be it music radio uh, food business relationships relationships i would not be nearly as happy as i am now in the philippines even at my age i'm still able to gig three or four times a week even if i'm hauling my own shit around you do that I do that. But that's not normal in the Philippines. That's not normal in the Philippines What do they say when you do that? Well, what the heck? No, they say, Ang yabang mo. Really? Talaga. I, I, I own that. I, yeah, I am mayabang because these people are paying me, to not paying me, but right. they're giving me uh, airtime and they're giving me product so that I, I can get yeah, it out there. Yes, so I have no yes. problem with that. And people say, why don't you hire a technician? Well, there's a reason why I don't have a technician <laughs> because a technician that I once had left stuff in Davao. And by oh. the time I got back to the line producer in Davao, they Malana. said, Malana. Yeah. If that had to happen here in the Philippines, or in the States, they would have said, oh, yeah, we got it. We'll put it aside. When can you come and get it? Yep. But that happened it. to us in Canada. I kid you not. Our, our sound engineer left our XLR cables oh my God. at the airport in Vancouver. And you got them back. It was so funny. Thank God it had our label on it. And so... The, the the Vancouver airport called our sound engineer and the next time we flew to to Vancouver it was in lost and found nice <laughs> Philippines John Lana. the same thing happened to my phone in uh, my Philippine phone at, at this this year's Nam I lost it two hours later I found it in the lost and found see but in the if that had happened in the Philippines well I lost my uh, my MacBook got stolen huh? oh five thousand dollar MacBook Got stolen. Got stolen. With my iPad Pro, with my camera, with oh my, my hard God. drive, with my wallet, everything got stolen. I was freaking out. And then I went to the Glendale Police Department and my my friends go, dude, you're not going to get it back. I go, at least let me report it. So yeah. I reported it. 
And then thank God the following day I was able to um someone actually lent me the money to buy to buy another five thousand dollar MacBook Pro. Uh-huh. That's our bass player. Yeah. But I told you well, yeah, we don't yeah. have the band doesn't have a bass player, so that's the whole show. So funny, I was able to set up um the intro voice show. Two days later, detective knocks on my door and tells me, uh, can I see ID? And then so I showed him ID and he's like, Did you lose items? I go, Yeah. Can you tell me what they are? I said, laptop, wallet, camera, hard drive, uh, iPad. And he's like, do they look like this? You got it all back. I got it all back. You saw it in the room. Holy shit. That's amazing. But if that had happened back in the Philippines. I'm not saying that it's bad in the Philippines. It's just that the circumstances are so much different in the Philippines. It was so funny. Um, when, I, when, when, when I lost the laptop, uh-huh. When I lost the laptop, I had to borrow money from 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 someone a church. That person never never asked me. We so he 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 yeah he he met me at the Apple Store mm-hmm. and just put out his credit card and just paid for it. Oh my God! just like that. And then we shook hands and he left and I left and I was telling Janelle, I was telling my wife. He never asked me when, 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 when I was going to pay it back, and Janelle was like, "Well, you better pay it back, right?" And four days later, I found uh, the detective found my my laptop, and so I was able to. I called the guy up. I said, um, "We need to meet at the Apple Store because you need to present your your credit card because I'm returning the laptop that we bought because um, they found my laptop." And so he said, "Okay, okay, I'll meet up with you." It was so funny because as I think of the story, people say, Grabe, Paco, ang lakas ng dasal mo. Oh, nga. Ang lakas ng dasal mo. And you know what? I was laughing and people are like, why are you laughing? I go, because come to think of it, mas malakas yung dasal nung nagpautang sa akin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I never looked at it. I would have never looked at it that way. When he did that, he never asked me when I was going to pay it back. So malamang he was praying, Lord, Lord. Let it come back soon. right <laughs> away. And it came back four days later. Four days later. That was the, that was the best part. That's prayer. awesome. So, I mean, if that happened in the Philippines, Lana. Done deal. Done Good deal. luck. Yes. So you bring your gear. You're not using any tech. Are you going to be the? Are you going to be a drummer for the rest of your life, or are you going to go sing, or are you going to? I'll probably be a drummer songwriter for the rest of my life. There's no question about it. I love writing songs. I love performing. I love playing the drums. I love learning about my instrument. Uh, so solo album. Uh, I've thought about it, but. I'm still on the fence on it. Why? I, I just am. Uh, I I don't have the chops to sing. I could always hire a singer, but, but then, you took voice lessons. Yeah, doesn't mean that I I can sing. I can carry a tune in. But a you can write hand. songs. I can write songs. Oh, so I, like I said, I'm still on the fence on it. Wow. I'd like to. That's. That, I'd love for you to do that. I, 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 you know, I, I was thinking about it several years ago because I was working with Arnold Haliores in Mixonic. Oh, Ar- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who Arnold is. Uh, he played the guitar solo on uh, Nosi Balasi, right? Oh my God, Mixonic. Mi- Mixonic is still around. Yeah, it's still around. Where is it? In Quezon City, still. Quezon City. Same place. Trigger Man. I think so. I haven't been. That's there where yet. I recorded my album. I'm right. That's right. 
Oh my God! Who's the engineer on that? I forgot. Who was it Arnold or was it uh, uh, Marloni? Marlon to be. Uh, I think it was Marlon. I don't. I don't remember. But <coughs> but yeah, I recorded at Mixonic. Oh my goodness! Mixonic was brand new when I when I used that studio. Yeah. So um, uh, he I bounced the idea off of him, and he said, "Yeah, do it. I'll help you do it." And I said, "Okay." So I'm still kicking around the idea. Do it when you do it. <laughs> Come over again. Sure. Diba? Yeah, sure. So what? Uh, so now, before I let you go, this is the most important part. I'm going to throw drummer names. Okay. Adjective, one word. Okay. One word lang, huh? Okay. Ready? Uh-huh. Okay. Randy Raymundo. Amazing. Mike Alba. Amazing also. One word. Okay, amazing. Hindi pwede pareho. Okay. Let's, let's repeat. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Marcus Queta. A god uh godlike. Raymond Murasigan. Oh god, how I describe him. Energetic. Mike Deason of Teeth and Sandwich. Uh, uh it's actually like seven seventy thousand words. Uh I don't know how to describe it. He's not only an amazing person, but he's such a great giving person. That's giving, right. I guess that I—that's the word. Are we gonna allow, allow too many too many words? No, too many words. Giving, okay, giving, we'll take giving. Yeah, that's true. The late Edmund Fortuno. Oh, jeez, that's two words. No, no, I'm I'm thinking of oh. a, an adjective. Crazy. I know. I loved his style. He would kick symbols. Too many words, but yeah, I I I I, I will let it slide. Totoyon. Crazy. Diba? Vic Mercado of Bamboo. Unbelievable. Paco Alas Pachaga. Bait. No, you're in a, you you're the one that taught me the three on two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The clave? No, no, no. Oh, the three, oh, the three on two. The three on yeah. two. Uh, I, I was like, how did he figure that out in, in three seconds? So I I would say uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when you bow down at some somebody, I'll go with Baet. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but when you taught me that, I, I was I always tried to work that into a solo. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! Right? Ba 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 was it, Sanli- was it Asap or Sanlingo na Pusa? Somewhere one of those. One of those at the yeah. Delta. And I wrote it out and you wrote it out and then you did it yeah. and I was like, how the fuck did you yeah. do that? And then when I bounced that off of, uh, when was that? A couple, <laughs> a couple of months later, I met Dom Fomolaro. Oh my God, that guy? Super nice guy. Super nice and weird when he plays the drums, like it's like, oh my god! So I bounced that off of him. He said, "You got that? Where'd you get that?" I said, "I don't know." And I told him that you taught it to me. He goes, "Paco, I heard that name, Paco Aris Paco. I know that guy." Huh. <laughs> I said, "How do you know that guy? Because you're a Zildjian guy and he's yeah. a Sabian yeah. guy." Yeah. Says I've heard that name before. Don't and your, your name is something that people will remember. It's not like Smith Brown. Oh, Steve Smith? Yeah, I know that guy. The guy down the street. <laughs> People will know that. And Dom Famularo is like, why does that name sound familiar? I love Dom Famularo. He's a great guy. I great, love, yeah, great guy. I would love to take lessons with him. Drumio. Yeah. Are you familiar with Drumio? Of course. My buddy Brandon, 
Brandon Koo from Singapore. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> hey, Brandon. He, he, uh, the, he's good friends with... He took lessons with uh, Jared, Dom. Uh, Dom from Alara. And then I... I every, this year's NAM, I, I kept missing Jared at the Drumio booth. They took $117 from my credit card. They did? Yeah. <laughs> That's how much it cost me to enroll at the... Uh, oh, okay. And then you get a thank you Twitter message from Jared going, hey! I could have you. Nice. And he's going to the bank like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Jared. For reals. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Paco. Benjo. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, really, thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank I love you. you. I love you. I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. thank you, guys. Please don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave a comment. Don't forget to check out the links that I will leave in the description so you can check out what uh, Benny or Benjo <laughs> is doing. Okay. And uh, thank you very much. Until the next episode, this is Paco Aras Paco Chaga, and you are watching the Paco Aras Paco Chaga podcast. Uh-huh.